RPG for You and Me presents a special Patreon miniseries. Welcome to Silica Valley. sound of them squawking down there triggered a childhood memory. The sound of them crying in pain is extremely unsettling to me. And that's one of the reasons why I wanted to just bury them is because it'll muffle all that while it happens. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and give you a Benny right away for that detail, because I think that's really cool. And uh, I do remember you flavoring it that way. That's what the kids say. A big oof. (laughs) So very cool character moment. Let's jump back to the actual scene as it was left. Set having just fired off his killing shot, taking down the trailblazer. Sia, you are still dangling in the pit. Is that where you were? Um, you were trying to jab one of them? Or? I feel like she was running. She was outside of the pit. She like tried to attack the female trailblazer that was running. She missed as it ran past. And then I pulled my shotgun and shot over her shoulder almost. Awesome. So uh, we rejoin at that moment, the trailblazer tumbling into the dust, coming to a stop as the grains begin to billow away in the wind and silence falls. As the uh, flames that caught up with it crackle and burn off residual oil, it left behind as it sprinted away. I uh, glance over at Sia and pull out a sling and a few stones and hand it to her. I said, just in case. In case what? You can't reach them next time. Here's something. I don't think I can throw it this far. She's out of breath. She's running for so long. Does Sia know what a sling is? No. I don't think she's ever seen a sling before. (laughs) So it was a... I'll show you how to use that later. Yeah, I think she's just kind of spinning it in her hand to get the weight of it even though she doesn't know that's not what you're supposed to do with it yeah I start walking back to the hole I'm gonna start trying to slowly fill that hole with sand while that trailblazer is still unconscious down there and give it some time before it, uh, pulling it back open and starting to load them up onto the jeep definitely how would you go about getting all these carcasses up into the Jeep? I'm not going to make it, you know, a task you have to roll for because you definitely can, but I like the visuals. Honestly, I'd probably, uh, after burying it, use the sand. I use my powers to do it by using the sand to vibrate. And as granular objects vibrate, heavier objects underneath can like be pulled up through them. So basically, I'd, I'd use the power to kind of like push the sand up underneath them and raise them out of the ground since I know that they're there. So you're able to uh, get the two smaller male trailblazers and the larger female back to your Jeep and load it up. But you are probably even a little bit over. How much space does your Jeep have for storage? You can definitely lash them on there like you can. It's not going to make it so that you're weighing too much and can't drive or anything like that. Yeah, so I can fit up to about 
five people in it. It doesn't, I don't really have like a, a storage stat for it, but I'd imagine I would need to field dress these, quarter them. I'd be tying the largest one to the roof across the roll cage and then trying to fit the other two in the back. Maybe I have to fold the seats flat and like start moving things around in there. Definitely. So you push all the cases of jolt aside or what's left of them to make room for your bounty. And you, you travel with a lot of uh, miscellaneous survival supplies. So you probably have like tarps and thing. I'm, I think we actually know you have a tarp because you used it to cover your vehicle up that one time. Mm-hmm. Yep. I got, I got a few different things yeah. uh, I could list through. It takes you a little bit of time, but uh, you get everything situated up. Nothing comes to eat you in the desert heat. And uh, you guys are all saddled up and ready to head to your next destination. Sia hops into the passenger seat and uh, I think a bit sheepishly says, I I am sorry, I was not very much help back there. I thought I would be more useful. But I guess it's a, a learning experience. I'm not going to lie. I was terrified for a moment there. I thought... For sure, that big one was was gone. I, that was a that was a lucky a lucky parted shot. I I I don't even know how I made it. I definitely didn't think you shot me for a second, so don't even worry about that. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, it's. Uh... She opens a, a jolt that she bought for herself with like a shaky hand, so like the carbonation <laughs> rattles in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Shaky hand, uh, taking a sip out of a jolt. Like, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> That's how you're supposed to drink them, Sedaris? Oh man, I'm so stressed out. Let me get this uh, panic juice and <laughs> yeah. drink this a little bit. Uh, by the way, um, if that does happen, there is a a medical kit under your seat there. If uh, you need to take care of um a bullet wound. Well, that's good to know. Not today. Yeah. Yeah. I checked. Yeah. <laughs> she like feels around to make sure she knows where it is where it is though. You reach just under and you can feel the handle, like right under where that adjustment handle for your seat is, there's a like a little metal handle for a old white box with a red cross on it and everything. Nice, nice. I think she just to pass the time starts going through and rummaging around organizing it so it all fits nice. Nice and orderly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pull out the jolt, crack it, and sigh, a big sigh, turn the engine over. Drop down my goggles and start driving. Where are you heading? I'm going to try and head back to uh, where I would figure the tribe would be about this time of year. I don't know what season it is. I don't, we didn't really talk about that um, it's in the desert, so it's probably still warm uh, regardless. Well, the belt's all pretty warm. Yeah. Constant. Yeah, I think it would be mostly... Like, actually, the fact that trailblazers are kind of moving close by to this region, maybe they uh, follow them as they go. So, Zeph came to the hub, which isn't unheard of, but probably isn't a terribly common occurrence, based mm-hmm. on the fact that, you know, he needed to refuel and they were low on some supplies. How long of a trek do you think it is to get back to the main camp, or where you expect it to be? I don't know. Maybe we should roll for that. <laughs> okay, that sounds fun. What, what did you uh, have in mind? Oh, uh, I was just looking at the dice to roll, like probably a D12. If it's hours or days, that's kind of what I'm trying to think of. Gotcha. It would probably take you a couple hours to drive there if you would like it to be, you know, even days away. It certainly could be. 
So if we want to treat it like ours, then maybe we roll either three or four D6, and it's that total amount of hours of driving. What about uh, a D12? Oh, okay, go for it. And is the D12 for hours or days? Hours. And I rolled an 11. All right, so maybe it's even uh, from where you guys uh, fought the Trailblazers, you had to follow them a little bit deeper uh, into the desert itself, which moved you further from the tribe. So total of 11 hours to drive there. Are you going to like drive through the night or are you going to stop and make camp and then continue the next day? I'm definitely going to encourage Sia to try and get some rest while we're driving because she didn't sleep last night. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm going to drive late into the night and then try and arrive tomorrow in the morning before the afternoon so we can make camp at one spot. Okay, that sounds good. She's like in the middle of like pulling back a syringe off of one of the carcasses she can reach from the front seat. It's like she's been caught doing something. <laughs> Just stealing some blood. Yeah, I like glance over at you doing that. I was like, you might want to take a few feathers too. They, uh, they're pretty interesting as well. No shit. I feel like uh, in this moment, Sia is like Jean Valjean stealing the silver, <laughs> getting caught and being like, but you forgot the rest. Don't worry. <laughs> She's like, ah, oh, truly, truly, this is the way. She plucks a couple feathers. Not too many. Now, she's not being greedy. She just wants samples. Oh, uh, their, their claws are pretty interesting, too. Well, I'll, I'll, maybe when we're stopped. Oh, I'm yeah. Ca- I mean, so far back. Once, once we get these back to the tribe, we could start digging through them. We'll pull out any... Uh, interesting organs they might have too uh, that sounds great see it see it does enjoy uh, a dissection doesn't she uh it's not her favorite thing okay <laughs> i know i know Allie does not like uh blood and gut specific so i will not go into specific detail as far as uh how that is it carried out if it's something that uh, chase would like to get into we can just have you remove your headphones for a minute here <laughs> not like i'll have to edit it later <laughs> I-, I can go through it <laughs> No, it's just, you know, there's there's the bladder or whatever organ generates the liquid. And then there's like they have claws that are like flint like and then fire resistant feathers. And, delicious meat. Yeah, all that stuff. So, yeah, it's delicious, delicious meat. She like idly clicks one of their talons, sunking it onto the, the floor. She's like, I could put that in a glove. Mm. She looks shadow boxes. She can't. It's not a big car. She can't do much. Especially full with so many, so many trailblazer limbs carcasses. Too. Yeah, sure. If that's something she's interested in. Well, you guys uh, drive into the night. You stop and strike camp. Uh, break it early the next morning. Tell me a little bit about your sleeping arrangements. Your accoutrements. As you guys are approaching your tribe's encampment. Can you give us an idea of of how big your tribe is? Like how many are we talking dozens, hundreds? Like is this a massive encampment or is this just a couple of smaller structures? I think it's dozens. Okay. Just dozens. I like the image that as we come up, we can see rising in the distance since we said this is like a craggier part of the desert, less a plain mm-hmm. waste that there's a big valley cliff ridge that you can see coming up as we drive closer in the darkness it's like you can see the stars and then like this big black ridge and you can see little lights lit in the cliffside and we stopped to make camp and i explained to sia that uh, one of our encampments is carved out in the side of the cliff there 
and um, it's south facing, so it keeps us from overheating during the the, the hot days because there's like a shade where the sun passes overhead, doesn't get as much direct sunlight. Basically, the face of the cliffside shields from the intense heat during the day. I mean, that just seems like a smart way to do things. Yeah, especially when we have people that can bore out the stone when they got the time, when we're setting it up. Like, I I could help, maybe. Not like that, but somehow. Yeah, uh, just some people have better talents about that than others. I can never figure it out. So you're, is this your family that we're going to go see? Yeah, yeah. Family, it could, the, uh, yes. Do you have tribes at home? Um, not specifically. We've got, you know, smaller families on the whole. I mostly live in cities, so that's more my experience. Yeah, well, I mean, we're like a family of families. Not all of them are Karnak. We take care of each other. So it's it's a it's a lot like family. A lot like family, yeah. Community's a good thing to have either way. I don't have a lot of experience with that myself, but I'm willing to learn. Said, how is your uh, how's your tribe going to feel about you bringing Sia? Are you guys uh, somewhat welcoming for outsiders? Is there any kind of paranoia or distrust there? I don't think a lot of people come looking for us, other than the conflicting tribes in the area, our, the competing tribe. Mm-hmm. So it, it'd be an oddity. It could be one of those cases where, you know, a stranger arrives with someone to vouch for them. So they're, you know, afforded an extra level of not respect, but uh, lenience or clemency. And I would imagine I'm definitely considered responsible for her while I'm there. So if there's taboos that are broken, um, by her, mm-hmm. it would reflect on me. Does he tell her any of this? Uh, nope. Be cool. Yeah, Aww, yeah, it's, I'm very yeah cool. it's just it's just cool. You know. Well, I also don't think I'm like really aware of the degrees of. Uh, I don't know how alien the culture could be to an outsider because I don't have a lot to compare what's normal to other people. That's fair. Yeah. Like what? What your common knowledge is? Because uh, this is this is how you grow up. That's how that works, right? Guess he is gonna find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I definitely like the uh, the image of you guys still stopping a few hours away, but being able to see the lights in the the cliff facing. That's really cool. So take a Benny for that neat image, and of course all the cool backstory and world sculpting we've done so far. So if a lot of the actual encampment is built into the cliffside itself, I imagine there's somebody uh, who's always playing lookout in the area from a higher vantage point to keep an eye on anybody who might be approaching the structure itself. So uh, the next morning uh, when you guys, if that's cool, if we jump to the next morning. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with that. See, is just going to, you know, do sleep and, and watch and that's all she's doing. <laughs> And I'd probably do a lot of the same. Uh, turn on my um, heated armor, set up two posts, string a hammock above the trailblazer on top of the Jeep, kind of in the open air, asleep in there, because I know that there's someone that could spot us from far enough out that I don't feel that we need to do a, uh, as strict of a watch. And it's keeping warm, which is good. Mm-hmm. 
trying. All those warm birds. No, I think also like because I'm next to the truck and I'm not worried about running out of things because I'm close enough to the tribe. I even plug maybe an extension cord into the power socket and the dashboard to my armor. So it just runs off of the Jeep battery uh, until the morning. This is your armor, you said? The heated uh, vest that I have. Right, right, right. Okay. Keep you cozy at night. Yeah. To mitigate his cold penalty uh, for survival purposes. I think that's very cool thematically. And I like the image of uh, literally just plugging your clothing into your Jeep. That's fun. Maybe like a dust cloud blows through and over the truck and over me. And it's one of my eyes blink and I sit up carefully bracing out the sides of the hammock as I start rolling over and getting back onto my feet in the morning. Very cool. Where's Sia? Sia's been up for an hour. She's already made coffee. She's an early riser. How did she make coffee? She has one of those little like electric kettles with, you know, sparing. Maybe it's solar battery powered because she knew. She knew she'd want this. Mm. She pours it over like a little a little glass percolator. Where's she been keeping that? I don't know. With all her other vials, probably. Carrying a glass coffee percolator into the wilderness. <laughs> Listen, some glass is very hard to break. She brings the, the finer things she that she can't live without. like... You know, maybe it's even like the size of like a little espresso one. Maybe it is espresso. Maybe that's how she starts her day. Ah, uh-huh. fancy. She's got a lot to do, a lot to see. Taking Polaroids of the sunrise. That's the noise the camera makes. Does she uh, shake the Polaroid picture? Uh, yeah, she doesn't know any better. Isn't she <laughs> supposed to be a scientist? <laughs> she doesn't know about that. Master scientist, amateur photographer. Yeah. I'm still challenged to see somebody use a Polaroid, take a Polaroid picture, knowing full well that that doesn't help and not like pull it out and shake it a little. Like, (laughs) I think everyone like impulsively shakes them a little bit. You shake it like a Polaroid picture. Yeah. Like the song says. Right. And Polaroid directly came out after that song. was like, don't do that. (laughs) It's bad. Does it actually interrupt it or is it just doesn't? help. I think it might harm it over time more. Like it does it it won't help and it'll probably hinder a little bit. But it just feels so good to just flap it around the air, you know? Feels yeah, those so Polaroid nice. engineers need to get on it and fix that problem because obviously it's what their customers want. You know, this Cory developed Polaroid. <laughs> yeah. Fuck you're right. You got me. You win. <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta shake see the the ink is actually in the picture itself uh-huh. and when you take the picture it's like one of those uh pressy things with the metal pins you had as a kid you know you like push your hand oh. into it and it would chill you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. it's like that technology except when you push the button it makes an etch-a-sketch frame of whatever <laughs> you're pointing at and then it smashes that into the color so it like makes the picture and only by shaking the picture does it mix the color incorrectly oh. Somehow, (laughs) magic. Yeah, Corey. It's Corey, Corey, baby. It knows Corey. Yeah. She looks at her camera. God, this was expensive. (laughs) 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 Puts it back in her belt pouch, which is indeterminate size. That's uh, (laughs) that goes down on a note. (laughs) Expensive camera. That's what I spent all of my starting wealth on. A fancy Corey Polaroid camera. Okay, does it do anything, like, is there anything special about the picture it creates, though, aside from just the shaking, the novelty of the shaking? Okay, yeah, of course there is. It's like those live pictures you can take on iPhones where it's like a little GIF that plays back and forth. 
Okay, so it's a Harry Potter picture. It's a Harry kinda. Potter picture. Okay. Okay. Canon. Bam. I didn't slam. It's my also a canon. Go, okay, gotcha. <laughs> or it's a canon product. We don't, we don't have their endorsement, you know. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get them one of these days. So as the dust cloud blows over, what happens to your cup of coffee? Oh, it's very upsetting. It's all dirt. <laughs> she will attempt to drink it. She can't tell the difference. <laughs> she can it's tell. Brown. She can tell. She's got a very <laughs> refined palate. All you got to do is keep your teeth closed when you suck it through <laughs> and just spit out what's left. Yeah. <laughs> hmm, teeth. Nature's filter. That, that's what I learned in scientist school. You've got a, like a whale tooth modification for filtering out dust. <laughs> that actually makes perfect sense for, for Sia and her whole MO of collecting yeah. different DNA. She's going to be so powerful. And while she drinks it, she has to go. <laughs> that's how she snores. No. <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's, what, that's what wakes up Silica. <laughs> Is that the wind blowing? And. <laughs> Are the sky rays above head? Oh no! Scurry, hide! Oh, wait. Before the chasm show up. (laughs) Sipping espresso. Spitting every other, every other sip. I like the fact you didn't have a tumbler. No, no, it was an open glass in in the desert. Open glass. Sia offers set a, a second tiny espresso cup. And I look down, and it's just full of dirt. And I grab it, and I just gulp it without even a moment I was like that's really bitter what is that oh it's uh, it's a new blend i haven't tried it yet and she sips it a, bl- a blend of what is, it, is this a tea oh no it's beans with caffeine beans i thought you'd like it oh yeah i like that yes yeah, very much and then i open a, a jolt and, and pour it into the remaining <laughs> she <laughs> like, grimaces pour it and try and mix them together <laughs> caffeine constant but she won't object and then I drink it, and then you can see a look on my face that is not approving <laughs> of what I just did. And the... Uh, well, I'm going to finish it. Oh, you have to. The dirt will get in it. Yeah. Huh? Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so is there anything uh, you want for breakfast? I have granola bars. That's uh, apparently it. I mean, well, we have this truck full of trailblazer we could i mean i don't know how to do any of that no i mean it probably i could try just, i mean it's just we're just gonna it's just a cut we're not you're not gonna get get all the way to it here let me let me, let me go ahead and cut i'll yeah, get I'll, the fire going uh, she bellows it yeah <laughs> i'm just gonna go back and cut some of the trailblazer off bring it back and start cutting it into thin strips Mm-hmm. Uh, and then laying it. Um, did you have a, a, a pan or anything for cooking or a grill top? Or is it just a, a fire there? Probably wouldn't have been something she had. It probably would have been something from your truck. Look, what about like one of those griddles? Like it's an iron bar that you shove yeah. in the ground and it's, yeah. it's sort of an L, like an upside down capital L with the griddle that sticks over the fire itself. And you can cook that Oh, I was just going to use stone. Like basically if, if there was a fire going, I just take a large stone and put it into there and then cover the coals on top of it, wait a bit, move the coals off and put the meat strips straight onto the rock. Let it sizzle on that. Just like in Shrek. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a valid method for uh, cooking them. Also has the ability to like wipe away any dirt that would be there, which is also just cool conceptually. Yeah. 
I think it's cool conceptually. I don't think he does it initially. He might not have a problem with silt and dust in his food, especially since he's a carnic and that might uh, help the digestion. It's fair. Good. I just like the image of being able to like blow on literally anything and making dust fly off of it, you know, <laughs> like small granular yeah. notes. Like, man, this is dirty. It's completely clean. Even so. But then he just eats the ones with dirt in it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no choice. problem. But yeah, you can uh, definitely make some thin cuts from the trailblazers and cook them over those uh, those warmed rocks from the campfire that Sia had started for, uh, well, I guess you had your solar-powered thing. But you can start a campfire. That's not hard. She's very, very wily in these survivalist ways with her... Uh, with her untrained survival skill. What type of uh, stuff do you think they burn for fuel out here? A lot of like dung or brush, like dry plant mass, like for those uh, tumbleweeds would be a good one. You'd crush those up, throw them there. It wouldn't be like a big fire. Uh, dung would be better for um, like making coals out of. That's probably harder to just stumble across though, unless you, you know, were tracking something or aware of where things stayed. You guys can get your uh, delicious food cooked, have a hearty breakfast of dirty espresso and somewhat less dirty steaks. Sia's living. If uh, Sia at all indicates that she doesn't want dirt in her espresso, though, I could try and clean that out, though. Oh, it's been finished long ago. <laughs> Grounds in your teeth. Yeah. I think she's sucking at her teeth for the rest of the day. <laughs> I like the idea of us there and coin purse like next to him and I'm like eating and then feeding little strips to coin purse and eating. Does he move really, really slowly? No, I think uh, he like might be still and then scurries still and scurries. Gotcha. But, oh yeah, he was fat. Uh, so I think his <laughs> tummy drags when he's trying to scurry around. He like oh, leaves so like cute. his little feet marks and then like uh, a center like lying. drag mark from Aww. his tum tum. That's so cute. I love coin purse. Yeah, coin purse is great. My promise is that I will never harm Coin Purse. Oh, that means Coin Purse is going to be the big bad. You're going to make us. <laughs> <laughs> coin Purse. Turns out how Coin Purse you? was a, <laughs> a hyper intelligent species. <laughs> He's just like watching and learning, Mes messing with you guys by pretending to be a normal lizard for fun because he thinks it's entertaining. So, well. what are we getting up to today? What are we doing? Um, we'll be heading to town though, but I wanted to. Here, let me see that sling. Uh, let me. I was thinking we could uh, practice with it a little bit, so you, uh, uh, you know, you didn't seem to. Uh, oh no, I know exactly used... how to use this. Oh, okay. Uh, then you yeah, just then let's kinda, do some you just whip it around, and then you crack someone on the head with the swingy bit. Uh, I mean, you can do that, but actually, it's for. You can take those bullet stones and throw them. I mean, you can use it as a, uh, as a that, but you can throw them and hit people far away instead of right next to you. That that was kind of the point. <laughs> oh, well, I, I suppose I could do that as well. She nods her head sagely. Yeah, yeah. Like this yeah, has yeah. definitely occurred to her before right now. Yeah, and uh, I, how about he like, grabs that one from her and it's like yeah you, you put it in your head like this and this it's just two fingers so i mean we can make the loops a little bit bigger to fit on your hands and uh you drop this and then he like he like drops the stone and catches it in the thong mid drop and he's like yeah yeah when you want to hit him with 
hit people with it like like you were saying you and he spins it and it twists tight uh so that the stone can't come out and he starts swinging it like that and yeah this is how you would handle it if you're gonna try and use it as a melee weapon but if you want to throw with it and he like drops it back down lets it uns unspin it does that spins the opposite way a little bit more than back the way it was and then he waits for it to come to a rest he's like yeah like this and then and then he goes into the whole shoulder spin and then goes to throw it and i'd like to make a do you think that's a shooting roll or an athletics roll i think it's shooting uh, it, it is stipulated as athletics throwing in the book throwing for a sling cool. yep it's a it's a physical action i think yeah. is the idea is why they're tying yeah. it to that I imagine that one set is like swinging it in his arm, like his tail is doing little corkscrews as well because of balance. Oh. <laughs> it just makes yeah, sense. the tip of it's just like counter spinning. Yeah. So, yeah. small aside, we're going to talk about mechanics for a second here. Uh, so, mm -hmm. the sling is listed as a primitive uh, ranged weapon. The range is 4, 8, and 16 for short, medium, and long. And to give you an idea, mm -hmm. The average, like, pistol is 10, 20, 40. And, the, like, the smallest for a throwing object, like a javelin, is 3, 6, 12. So this is, like, a little bit better than the shortest ranged attack in the game. Out of curiosity, I pulled up the sling to see, like, realistically what kind of range it has. Apparently, the sling can be used accurately. Like, people who are used to using it can be accurate up to like 1300 feet which is 400 meters what yeah yeah Holy that shit. is insane that is like yeah, four football fields how uh i mean yeah that'd be like a trick shooter but yeah. i had a friend who um yeah in his backyard he had a bow and arrow range and one of the things he would do is throw a sling so that's why i'm imagining all this stuff is because my friend used to do that. And that's awesome. That's so cool. And this is most sling. It says most slingers are accurate up to five or 650 feet, which is 150 to 200 meters. That's still like longer than a football field, which is super impressive. That's so cool. Yeah. So I had no idea. Looking at this and being like each increment of one is like what? Five feet, which mm -hmm. is I think they counted as two meters. So this is saying it's accurate from like 12 meters to I don't know, just yeah. not really rep fully representative of uh, the range that you probably have, but really cool. Yeah, I mean, I would say the same probably goes for the spear as well. Because mm -hmm. uh, javelin throwers could... I mean, that's an Olympic sport. You yeah, definitely absolutely. Get... How far do javelins go? Oh, man. I don't think I can guess off the top of my head, but I'm going to find out now. Recent experiments have shown Pila, which are you know, like the Roman ones, to have a range of about 30 meters, although the effective range is only about 15 to 20 meters. So I guess that's more like not how far you can throw it, but how accurately you can use it. So that seems more in line. But even so, wow, I learned something today. Then there's a uh, the little like the spear thrower that they had. They all at a total, a total. I'm trying to look it up, but I'll just oh, put yeah, a spear okay. throw. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, and they had those, which was basically a spear sling. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. What? It's like, they're like mini javelins, and it's a, it's like a long piece of wood. It almost looks like a pipe. Like, it's just a thin, long thing with a cap on the end that you basically fit it into, and then you hold the launching mechanism, and you throw the launching mechanism, which launches the javelin, so it, like, lets you propel it even further and more accurately. Yeah, and they had they had uh, 
basically there were arrows and they had them up to like six feet long too that they would throw at that thing wild it's yeah what it was accredited to being one of the major technological and that advancements for hunting uh short of the bow mm-hmm. definitely uh that's cool so yeah go ahead and are you trying to hit something in particular to like give yeah her... yeah maybe uh maybe i'm just doing a throw right now maybe there's a would you say there's cactus around here yeah definitely yeah, definitely. Uh, then one of the larger cactus, just go ahead and toss it at that, trying to hit the, you know, humanoid-y shaped cactus that's that's there. Okay, well, let's just do that at the normal uh, short range. So no penalties. Yeah. yeah. I got a four. That's a success. Sia holds coin purse while she looks onward. Coin purse is a little roly-poly in your hands, just looking around, having <laughs> a good time. And then, yeah, I just go, okay, yeah, you're, you have a try. And I help her put it on her hand for the first time, and we adjust the loops to fit. It's going to need a little adjusting on account of her weird fingers, but I think we can handle it. Yeah, and this is this is not technology that would be affected by your all thumbs. This is simple technology, so nice. definitely good on this. I think she's already feeling comfortable, feeling good. Await my crit fail shortly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so you said it was athletics? It's athletics. I'm going to do six athletics. Oh, my. I blew both of them up. Wow. (laughs) Holy shit. It's a shame these aren't in Athena's pool, huh? Mm. I'll blow up another one. That's a 17. That'll certainly hit. Can you roll damage for me to see how how much hurt he put on this cactus? Strength Uh, plus D4. Plus D4, yep. Because of D6 strength, because... He's not a beefy boy. Seven. Nice. Yeah, so uh, when you whip the stone at it, it just tears a hole right through the cactus. You see a little spray of liquid out the back. Let's see. See is. So mine would be a strength plus 2d6 because of a raise? A strength plus d4, which is the damage of the weapon, plus d6 for your raise. Gotcha. So I got D8 strength. That was my advance, by the way. Dang. Oh, my. Could have been better. That's a a nine, though. It's a nine. Still in the same general ballpark. I was just waiting to see if you get like a 20 or 30 and just explode (laughs) the cactus. (laughs) Yeah, but... uh, Maybe she takes one of its oblong cactus arms off. It was already weakened, so it was a little easier, but she's feeling very good about it. We watch Asiya whip the sling around, release the catch at the right moment. The jagged pebble goes spiraling through the air and slices through one of the oblong cactus arms. She goes, oh, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, well, you can go ahead and keep that. Like I said, um, just, you know, in a pinch, you got something to do something with. Boy, do I ever. (laughs) This is great. See, his life was changed forever. <laughs> forever. She's only using the sling now and changing her entire thing. <laughs> Sia is very grateful. Set has shown her how to use this dynamite new weapon. Yeah. Dynamite sling. She's going to just bean people from across a football field now. Well, well you can try. <laughs> and I will. <laughs> I like the idea that you've like got like your modern looking clothes and then you have a sling hanging from like a belt or something. Just... A modest little sling. That'd be a cool edge, though. Uh, just an edge that increases your effective range with the sling, you know, up to something like far more than it currently is. 
Hmm. That'd be really cool. We'll make it. I'll, I'll make a little note here. Custom edge sling. Edge. Custom edge double sling range. Da da. <laughs> Was there anything that you wanted to cover, like during the trek back to your tribe? No, just uh, breaking camp. Uh, maybe putting a, a new tape deck, a tape in the deck. Uh, yes. Go ahead and roll. See what what the tape was on this tape. <laughs> uh, we have world music, drums. So that'd be cool. What do you guys think the the artist is? I'm gonna look up a band name generator. I love name generators, even just for idea seeds. They're so fun. Dynamite Circus, Iron Maniacs. You like either? <laughs> I literally just started at the top and went down. Uh, not really for like a steel drum, but let's see here. Beauty of rhyme, trio of time, thunder mission. Thunder mission, because it's percussion. Yeah. Does that work, thunder mission? That sounds good. Yeah, let's just thunder mission. The cliffside looms in the distance. It seems tall from here. It only grows as you approach. How big do you think the cliff facings are? I imagine it's kind of like Utah in that there are some bigger, craggier elements of the terrain, but not everything has to be that big. But yeah, yeah. Uh, they probably have a lookout on the tallest that is reasonable to climb up to. Yeah, instead of being on the very top where you'd still have overhead exposure, just keeping it on a ridge on, along that cliff to look out from would keep you covered on most of your sides and the and your the cool. back and the ceiling. Do you have any kind of uh, long distance signaling ability or protocols that you can use on your way in to like let them know that you're coming? Is that something that the tribe does? Or is like it just a flare gun or something? I think that'd be a very reasonable thing for them to do. Given that it's me, I might send a large dust devil spinning. Basically, I, I use my sand shape to like make some symbols in the air, spin it around, animate it so that they know kind of like a unique signature of mine coming in. That's cool. Does Set have a, a specific visual signature he uses or a shape that he likes to make using his ability? Yeah, I think it'd be kind of like writing your name, but if like writing was animated, I'd move the sand up, it spirals twice, and then it does a straight diagonal line up and then straight back down to where we were. And that's kind of like my unique signal because maybe they use smoke signals and other type of signaling. Other people have more mundane ones, but I've got a little flair to mine because of what I can do. Yeah, Sia watches that and her tail twitches as she's thinking. She's like, you know, if you ever want to come to the city just to see stuff around, you could find work real easy as an entertainer because that is extraordinary. Thank you. I like that that's the direction you go in. Yep. <laughs> Sand <laughs> dancing. Gonna, listen, that's just her perspective. <laughs> As you guys are talking and Set is making these markings in the air, you can see that there is a glint of light from one of the higher ridges that flashes a little bit. You know, maybe somebody using a reflective surface. Yeah, like a mirror. And then uh, a returning reflection from one of the lower ridges down and presumably the main camp as well. Your run-up is unimpeded, and you're able to pull up to the base of the cliffside here. There's probably at least a little base camp, I'll call it, of things that would need to be more situated. Probably any, well, obviously, any any vehicles that can't make their way up the cliffside would be down here, as well as uh, pack animals and things like that. 
let's talk about one of the other things that you brought up that I think could be really cool, depending on what you want to do, is uh, the Beasts of Burden. Yeah. Things that already exist, the Breon tribe uses the Breon and the Darkling beetles, which I think certainly fall under the um, Beast of Burden category, but that's sort of their thing. Yeah. Any kind of like larger insect or maybe like um, an arachnid type thing, which also includes stuff like scorpions. That would be really cool for uh, Sia, for uh, her to come in and we just have giant scorpions that we ride around. If you want to, yeah. Giant lizards would be an interesting one because they could also be, I mean, you could also do this with scorpions, I guess, but they could harvest the eggs, kind of like chickens. Oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. What if they're like big Komodo dragon looking guys, like real thick boys? Yeah, uh, cool that, that's it. what I was I thinking, like, basically, a Komodo dragon, or uh, because it's dry. A crocodile comes to mind, but they wouldn't be in the desert. Unless well, they're like, a sand like crocodile. crocodile. Science fantasy settings. Yeah. So if, if that's what you think is cool, then we can definitely make it happen. Listen, there's a Pokemon called a Sandile. Ooh. <laughs> they're very cute. That would be cute. So the, the thing about Beasts of Burden that um, I, I'm just thinking off the top of my head here you know, they, they need to be able to bear that burden and move with it. Um, mm-hmm. It sounds like your tribe doesn't doesn't make a habit of changing constantly. Like, maybe they move every couple of months, depending on the season, based on what you said. Yeah. Uh, so, an alligator or crocodile type, or even Komodo dragony beast of burden, uh, in our world, I would think is traditionally slower or... Allie looks like she has an idea. I did have an idea. Okay. Okay, so what if all of the Komodo dragons have the wall walker ability, and that's how they can transport stuff up the sheer faces of the cliffs? Okay. Because they just dig in there. They're slow, but they go like a son of a bitch. Okay, so (laughs) they... Like cranes. So they are somewhat slow and lumbering, but they can also climb up sheer cliff faces, so... Yeah. That's okay. It would also, like why they would use ambush hunting uh, for the trailblazers because they're like, we can't outrun these things. That's not practical. That makes a lot of sense to me, yeah. It would make it easy to scout with them because they can just climb up the sides of cliff faces and just look around. That's cool. I like that, um, especially using the Breon tribe as an example. You know, they have these giant insects which can literally fly, and some of them can move quite fast. So, you know, when we put that in perspective against the Moloks, there are similarities, but also stark differences as well. So I think that's conceptually very cool. I'm sitting here thinking about how they would uh, rig things onto the creatures as they're climbing up the cliffs. And I just had a shot of, you know, slow ponderous lizard climbing up and just a bag of stuff dangling from a rope behind yep. it. That was where my brain was. Yeah, same. Like, just a net. just Attached to it like a like small dogs have to have, like, a whole body harness so they don't slip out of a collar. It's just that, but to haul. Do you think maybe they use, like, sled-based technology? Ooh. If these things aren't very good at carrying things on their back, but they're just, they just go... They can just pull sleds. Um, I like that. Uh, Try boy. It's a, a primitive sled. It's like an A-frame, and where the uh, line in the center is like a net or a cargo thing. Uh, Native Americans used to use them with dogs before horses arrived on the continent, and then they changed them to be used with the horses. So it's a it's a dragging sled. How is it spelled again? It's French. 
T-R-A-V-O-I-S. So, okay, cool. Let's uh, let's jump back to the Beast of Burden. How, how should they appear visually? Like closer to gators or closer to Komodo dragons? Like they're long and they're kind of flat-ish? I think Komodo dragons, where they uh, stand up a little bit taller, their heads are more uh, swivelly. They're more uh, maneuverable. Yeah, I got more of a neck. Swivel head, yeah. Or swivs. Swivel head. Swivs. I love it. Swivs. Swivs. It's perfect. So swivel heads is their official, unofficial name, but swivs are... Yeah, and then you have the swiv riders, the hunting parties, and the the beast riders in general is just the swiv riders. Maybe they have to have, like, certain kind of saddles and stuff on them because their skin is still toxic, like they exude. The swivs? I, th- I don't think you can touch Komodo dragons, or maybe maybe they're be- they're, just very they're venomous. venomous. Yeah, they're, I, they're, I know they're, some, one kind of big boy that's healing. Is it venomous? I thought their their bite was just so full of terrible bacteria that it was. It's basically venom. Yeah, it's like they're not venomous, but they're all but not venomous. It's the uh, yeah microorganisms make the. I was thinking about Gila monsters. That might be a Gila mm-hmm. monster. Yeah, yeah. In 2009, they discovered that Komodo dragons actually have venom glands located between their teeth. It's venom, not bacteria, that helps these animals take down everything from deer to water buffalo. According to this thing that I just googled and have not fact-checked. Gila monsters definitely have venom. It's a fairly mild neurotoxin. Extremely painful, but none has resulted in a reported human death. Really? Interesting. I could have sworn they were worse than that. Well, they have monster in the name. Maybe that did it. Yeah, it might have been Komodo dragons that had the deadly bite. Yeah, I've I've definitely seen plenty of uh, documentary things where they nip a water buffalo and then follow it for days while it slowly bleeds out and dies from poison before Jesus. eating it as a pack. Yeah, it's it's oof, nasty. Grim. Grim. Grim stuff. Nature is metal. How big are swivs? Like, how long would they be? Two people could ride a swiv. I think they're longer than a horse, but shorter. I was thinking, like... Like a solid water buffalo-sized lizard. It's a real chunky dude. Seats, too. Like, because they have, like, a long body, and they've got those legs that kind of sprawl out to the side. Legs for days. (laughs) Long body, legs for days. I just wrote that. That should be somebody's character tag. (laughs) (laughs) That's Athena's character description, actually. (laughs) So you guys are approaching the the base of the cliff or the base of the rocky outcroppings. You can see uh, probably at least one or two swivs, you know, in the process of climbing up and down, dragging tethers of uh, goods to a higher vantage point. There are some of the tribe members standing by and supervising one person below just giving uh, pointing directions and where it should be dragged to. That's somebody actually riding the swiv to make sure that it goes in the right direction. That's important. It is important. So uh, on approach, there are maybe a couple of individual members who come down to meet you as you're pulling up to just... I think you were recognized, you know, on your way in, and they uh, signaled some of the greeters to go down and see what's going on. What's the general dress of your tribe like? We've established they have these beasts of burden, uh, the swivs. They they would have like a leathery hide, so you could probably skin them and make clothing out of it. I don't know how granular you want to get into details about, you know, the tribe and how it lives and where all of their stuff comes from. Uh, we can 
hand wave a lot of that and move past it Leather if that's not so hot. interesting. It would be so sticky in the desert. That's fair. Do you think there are any plants that they could uh, get fibers to make other clothing out of? Yeah, they could definitely harvest some of the brushes and that type of stuff. And you can pulverize them and work them in fibrous material. There's some of the large broadleaf cacti. Actually, when I was down in San Diego, my friend was doing that with some of the material that he found there. He'd weave it and make stuff out of it. He made so cordage cool. for the most part, but it would be a very labor-intensive process. But I think, yeah, mostly if they have fibrous clothes that are fiber-based, it would they would be large. Uh, they wouldn't be cut a lot. It would be just kind of loose fitting clothes that would be draped over and then they would use leathers to make um like high knee boots and to protect maybe not even closed footed just like like shin guards like a tunic maybe okay definitely uh lots of people with the scarves kind of like i have in fact i think they probably match the one i'm wearing okay the, yeah, I like the scarf design, and I like the idea that the scarves are one of their more ornamental pieces of clothing that they have. Mm-hmm. I'm almost getting like, I, this is probably just how my brain interprets it, because I really like Greek stuff in general and mythology, but they always, they're always they always very light on the dress, you know, like very uh, light, breezy clothing. They have the sandals, shin guards, things like that, too. Yeah, yeah, I was definitely thinking that that would be very appropriate. And I, I'd, I'd imagine a lot of people do have salvaged uh, goods, too. like Just like a Welcome to Alara t-shirt or something. Yeah, but like basically that would be like a, a high fashion item or a really like personalized item is the cool salvage thing that you found or traded for. Maybe Zeph brought some stuff in and you might see a person with a watch, even if it doesn't work, but it'd be like jewelry to them. I desperately want an old, old Karnik like a, an old turtle Karnik with a brand new tank top that says sun's out, gun's out. <laughs> I also want that now. <laughs> he, like... he brought a whole box of them. <laughs> yes. A couple of your tribe members are uh, milling about as you guys make your way to the base encampment. She is a little nervous. She, she's not always great meeting new people. I am going to randomly generate another name here real quick. Is it Kif? No. Is it Zap? No, it's way, those are not random. I don't know what you're talking Speaking about. Speaking of that, the first uh, name I have here is Randus. 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 <laughs> Random name? Randus. Randus. I shit you not, it, that is the first result that it gave me, so. Phone, give me a random name. Randus. Randus? <laughs> Sounds a lot like random. <laughs> no. no. Weird, huh? funny how that works huh <laughs> what's the name of the goblin boblin maybe randis is uh maybe he's friends with your dad or maybe they used to work together so he's sort of in that general age bracket mm-hmm. and you've had some sort of dealings with him over time is this an uwame looking motherfucker from kung fu panda but, but yeah but sun's out guns out but sun's out guns out naturally <laughs> maybe he's actually shredded is he? Or do you want him to be smaller and like an old turtle man? I mean, it'd be funnier if he was an old turtle man, but what if he was absolutely jacked? <laughs> <laughs> Listen. He's carrying around a heavy turtle shell all day. It's true. Well, that just means he has great thighs. Oh. His quads are out of sight. Maybe he climbs a lot. That's true. That's true. Randus and uh, two other hangers-on walk out to greet you, and uh, he raises... A, <laughs> he raises a turtley hand. 
It's <laughs> a good descriptor. Um, <laughs> raises a turtley hand uh, in in greeting as you guys pull to a stop. <laughs> Cloud of dust kicks up, drifts away in the wind. They swing the door open and hop out, hit the ground, dust comes up, put my hands uh, to my side about just above my shoulders and greet him. Oh, Silica. Been a while since I've seen you around here. Uh, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I uh, ran into Zeph. He uh, said we, uh, you guys were uh, needing some stuff. Uh, and uh, asked, told me to go out and uh, ground for some. Like, like it's uh, up top, uh, right there. Uh, it's some in the back. Oh, uh, well, we're always in need of supplies. What did you bring us? I mean, uh, and I, go, I reach up and I pull the head of the trailblazer out from underneath the tarp and like hold it up so he could see it. He blinks in surprise. Uh, one of the other ones flanking him lets out a low whistle of appreciation. He says, you, you don't mean to tell me that you went out and got these, did you? Little Silica. <laughs> I remember you used to cry all night. He shot that one to death. Yeah. yeah. Uh, she says, yanking a, a big thumb back towards the female, which is probably, you know, lashed to the roof, I want to say, because it's the bigger one, right? Yeah, it's the it's the biggest one. <laughs> he blinks at Sia and uh, licks his leathery turtle lips. His long, thin neck uh, cranes forward so he can get a better look at you. And um, who, who's your friend here, Silica? I don't think we've met. Uh, this is, uh, this is, this is Sia. Uh, she hired me on. We're tracking some stuff down, uh, you know, out there, uh, a little, little bit further out. Mm. Hired you on? Like, what you mean? Like a guide? Yeah. Yeah. He's very good. She says, nodding appreciatively. Like, she's being, trying to be real cool. Oh. He's absentmindedly scratching at the, what do you, what do you call the under armor of a turtle? Like his his oh, I don't like know. The, the teenage mutant ninja turtle have like the plating on the yeah, front. I have yeah. no idea what you call that. He's like pecking at his plating. Oh, our silica. Hmm? Well, you've certainly outdone yourself this time, eh, boy? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is uh, is Heiss around? Oh, he's always around here somewhere. Do you want me to go and find him? Do you want to? Oh, I can no, send a no, runner. No, no rush, no rush on that. I just uh. I just uh, wanted to know if he was out, out out in the field or not. No, I think he's back resupplying right now, but you should you should go and find him. I mean, look at this. And he's now walking around, uh, pulling the tarp off to get a better look at your hall. Oh, look, look at this drink of spring water. There's three of them. You're selling yourself short, boy. You should have been doing this ages ago. Yeah. You know, I just, uh, I don't know. I think I needed to get better at scouting. Oh, it looks like you got better. Yeah. Turns around and puts some talons in his leathery mouth flap and blows a long, shrill whistle to get the attention of somebody much higher up on the cliff. And he says, Little Silica's back and he brought trailblazers. Hello, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of Silica Valley. The music in this episode was by myself or Marcus D. You can find Marcus D at MarcusD.net and at Marcus D on Twitter. 
He just announced his Retroed 3 album, which we've been looking forward to, so snatch up a pre-order while you can. And you can find me and my music at youseethehat.bandcamp.com. Savage Worlds is owned by the Pinnacle Entertainment Group, and you can find them and their products online at peginc.com. If you missed this in the last outro, hey, I'll mention it again. For our $10 and up Patreon tier, we are opening up a play-by-post campaign set in a city on the belt that we haven't delved into too much, uh, five years prior to the start of Neon Heat timeline-wise. I am very excited. I've been doing a lot of NPC planning and story beats and doing map making, and it's, it's really coming together, folks. So if you would like to join in on the fun, that is probably starting up sometime in January. So if you're interested, hey, stop on by. You can find us at patreon.com slash RPG for you and me. As always, there are some very special patrons I would like to say thank you to. Thank you especially to Chase, because without Chase, this show would not exist. Also, thank you to Michael, Valentine, and Ezra. But we can't forget to also say thank you to Caleb Sunstead, Jackie, Davriel, Zach, Ben Hatton, Paxton, and Gerald. I know it's not Thanksgiving or anything, but I'm thankful for all of you. And I hope your end of the year goes smooth as silk. See you next time, y'all.